Got to get set up. Got to get set up. <laughs> That's right. Yes, please. Thank you, Marissa. Appreciate that. Being a little extra this morning, that's okay. Good morning, everyone. My name, if you don't know, is Alex Smith. And um, I'm definitely encouraged to be here with you guys this morning. Um, hello to everyone online. It's great to have you with us as well. Just trying to get to my spot, that's all. Um, also want to take this, this moment um, to say happy International Women's Month. Shout out to the women. Um, obviously here in the U.S. we celebrate National History uh, Women's Month, so just really um, want to take this time to really just kind of acknowledge and reflect. You know, I was thinking about just the women in history that have put forth so many sacrifices, women that I have never known, will never know, but just even the benefits I'm able to reap because of that. Um, I think about the women here in the church, you know, I think about um, just how much they put forth, how much they how much, how blessed I am because of them. You know, I think about Lupita. Lupita's always making sure you got food, you know, you need a meal, anything like that. Um, I think about Emily. Emily's always making sure I'm taken care of. She's always offers me Popeyes. She knows I love Popeyes. She will always offer me Popeyes. Um, I think about Sharissa and just the encouragement that I always feel from her. I think about Carly. I think about Carly and just even in the two year, two and a half years I've been here, just the growth that I've seen, the impact that I've seen her have um, just in this church. and. Obviously, there's so many other women. Um, I think about the women in my life personally. I think about my mom and just the amazing woman she is and just how, you know, the things that she's been through, through all of that, she's really just taught me to, to still remain gentle, to be loving, despite, you know, the hardships that may come. I think about my grandma up in Salina and just her, her mantra is just to pray, always pray, just go to God and pray. And so I just think about that. And, so while, you know, my message today isn't necessarily a women-focused message, I did want to just take time to, to stop and just acknowledge and just appreciate um, the women in my life. So um, today's lesson is actually going to focus on John the Baptist. Um, I, I guess as we're talking about all the contributions that women have made, I don't, we don't know that John was married, but if he was, he might have been able to reap some benefits from that. You know, he probably would have, if he had a wife, she might have been like, hey, that, that, fur is probably not looking too great today, or maybe would have helped out with the diet a little more. Honey and locusts, he probably could have reaped some benefit from that, but, but that's going to be our focus today. Um, if you will, turn to Matthew chapter 11. And if I could get someone to stand up, very loudly read uh, Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 1 through 11. Thank you, Josh. Yes, sir. When Jesus had finished directing his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and proclaim in their city. Now, when John heard in the prison the works of Jesus, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Are you he who comes, or should we look for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John, you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Blessed is he who 
concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in the king's household. But why did you go out? See a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and much more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way for you. Most certainly, I tell you, among those who are born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven Thank you. Appreciate that. So up until this point in this particular chapter, in this particular gospel, um, for the last seven or eight chapters, uh, John's kind of been kind of been MIA. Um, we can assume that he's been out on mission, kind of doing his thing, um, preaching the word, because we see here that he's in prison. And so, you know, typically back in that day, you didn't just get thrown in prison for just kind of standing on the side of the road. You were probably doing something that wasn't great. And um, so that's where we find him here in prison. Um, and even just for, for context, we can look ahead. Um, so John called out Herod's, obviously, his unlawful marriage to his brother's wife. Herod didn't like that. Locked up. <laughs> so we see John, he's here in prison. And I think we see that the, we can assume that the foreseeable future is probably not very great for John. Um, I imagine that John probably knows that he's, you know, in his last days, probably in prison. Again, because we know sort of the full story, we can look ahead, we do know that he was beheaded by Herod uh, due to an, an oath that he made. Um, but for now, he's in prison. So we look at, in verse two, so John is, he's hearing about the many deeds of the Messiah. Um, he's hearing all these deeds, and so he sends his disciples out, and he sends them out to ask Jesus a question. He says, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And I think when we see this question, and when I see this question, I feel like we see a little bit of doubt in John. When we, even when we look at the question itself, it's almost like a two-part question. So like the first half of the question, he's like, are you the one to come? There's, there almost seems like there's belief in that, like they know there is one to come. But then the second half of the question is, or should we expect someone else? Like, I feel like the doubt kind of starts to creep in there. And I feel like that's something that so easily happens to a lot of us, so, happen, so easily happens to me, that doubt starts to creep in. You know, you think about what if I like walked in the gym, I see Jacob, he's in there, he's about to bench press, he's got all this weight on there. I'm like, man, you can lift that weight, or, or should I go like get some other guys to help spot? Like, you know what I mean? Or like if my mom's cooking a meal, like, mom, you making dinner, or, like, should I call in some Chinese just in case, you know? Like, that doubt just so easily creeps in in a lot of ways in our lives, and I think sometimes it even goes unnoticed. We don't even, we don't even recognize it. But why is that? Why, why, do we have, why do we have those doubts? Flip back to chapter 3, and I'll just read um, really quickly verse 1 and 2. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then I'll jump down to verse 11. It says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, 
whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So this is, the, this is the Messiah that John was preparing the way for, right? This is the Messiah that he was passionately proclaiming to the people, the one who was going to do these things. This is the, the Messiah who was supposed to come and establish his kingdom, the Messiah who would bring judgment on Israel, the Messiah who would bring political liberation, who would baptize with, with the Holy Spirit and with, and with fire. So this is kind of who, who John's expecting, but instead he's hearing these deeds of preaching and of miracles. He's hearing about Jesus healing the sick and this love and this care, and it's not quite what he, I think, had in mind. And through all this, I think now, now John is, he has some sort of unmet expectations. And I think that's where the doubt starts to creep in, right? For him and for us, when we have unmet expectations, that's where doubt creeps in. So I want to ask, what is, you don't have to answer, just, just take time to kind of just pause and think about it, but what is something that you've doubted due to unmet expectations? I know for myself, I think about the very first time I applied to grad school, not even here in Wichita, I'm talking about back in Little Rock, I applied for school down there, and I had this expectation of like, hey, I was a solid student, I got good grades, I'll apply and boom, I'll get in, and then I didn't. And then this doubt came, I was like, wait a minute, am I even cut out for grad school? Like, is this something I'm capable of? I think about, <laughs> even when I was younger, much younger and immature, thinking like, oh, I have this expectation that by the time I'm 24 or 25, I'll be married and we'll just you know, move on. And then 24 and 25 came and I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe not. So, <laughs> you know, and just even thinking like, the doubt creeping in, okay, so God, is there someone out there for me? Like, is this? Is this, yeah, exactly. And so I just think about those things. It's interesting because at this point, Jesus has started his ministry. He's making his power known. We see, you know, earlier through in the, even just the previous couple of chapters, we see Jesus's power over disease when he healed the leper. We see power over nature when he calmed the storm. We see his power over Satan when he drove the, the demons into the pigs. The power over sin when he forgave the paralyzed man and told him to walk. The power over death as he raised the young lady, the young girl, um, from the dead. And also, even in that same story, he healed the bleeding woman. And again, just power over demons as he uh, drove the demon out of the mute man. So these, these deeds that John were hearing about, they're like, these are great miracles. And yet he's still, he's still doubting. Despite having been the one who was literally preparing the way for Jesus. Um, I think just an interesting sort of level to this that I even was thinking about as I was reading through this and preparing is um, Jesus and John were cousins. You know what I mean? And so they had almost even this kind of deeper level of connection in, in their relationship. And, you know, I don't know if they were like the cousins that, you know, hang out at Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But they, you know, there was, there was a familiar relationship. And so there was, <clears throat> excuse me, there was understanding there. There was a deeper connection there. And yet there was still doubt. I think about my cousins, you know good or bad, you know, I, they're family and I know them, so I don't typically doubt them, you know. If someone says, hey, did you know your cousin's doing ABC? I'm like, yeah, I know them. I, I know that. I don't doubt that at all. Like, I know they're doing those things. Or if it's on the other end of the spectrum, it's like, you know your cousin's doing X, Y, Z. It's like, yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Like, I, I believe that. That's, that's, 
I mean, there's that level of connection, so you just know those things. And so I just, I, I find that interesting, just that there was that connection and John still found out. I think about my own life and I think about my mom when I was younger and when she had cancer. I know a lot of you guys were around, you, you knew my mom, a lot of you guys, probably unaware to me, probably came down and visited her and, you know, came and saw her and things like that. But um, I just think about how, I didn't understand at the time because I was so young, but just how serious that was. You know, we had to go spend a whole summer in Chicago, me and my siblings, because she was in and out of the hospital so much. And I didn't even, you know, really truly understand what was going on. But as I got older and sort of understood, I just think about how much God brought, not only her through, but our whole family through, you know, in, in protecting her from that. And she beat cancer, it came back, she beat it again. And like, it, I just think about that and just how powerful God has shown me he is and yet I still find ways to doubt about getting into grad school or not. Like, that's, that's, it's so silly almost when you think about it, but we are human. Stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but I really, I just appreciate, and like, I guess this is where we kind of turn the page. I really appreciate John's response to his own doubt, right? John goes to the source. He could have made all the excuses in the world. He is literally locked up in prison. He could have been like, well, I'm here. It is what it is. Like, I'm hearing these things, but whatever. No, he, he sent his disciples to Jesus because he wanted to know. He went to the source. And I just think, you know, I don't even really have a title for the lesson, but I guess that's the question I want to leave you with today is where are you going with your doubts? Are our doubts driving us to the source? Are they causing us to inquire more? Are they making us hunger for more understanding? Or are they doing the opposite? Are they pushing us away? Are they weakening our faith? I think that's another question that I mean, I'm, I'm wrestling with even going through this. And maybe some of you guys can too. Turn over to James chapter 1. And if I could get another volunteer to read. Um, chapter 1, verses 2 through 6. Thanks, Dan. In verse 6, obviously, what he just read, it says, believe and not doubt. And I think almost as simple as that is, it's so hard at the same time. You have to believe and not doubt. But I think when we, when we do choose to do that, even if we still have questions, you know, that, I think that anchors us just a little bit more. You know, we, we um, like it's talked about, like, 
you're like blown around by the, like a wave. And it's, I think when we're a little more anchored, we may not be completely stable, but we're in a much better spot. When we choose to turn to God, we have to believe that he will give us what we need. And I think that's the, that's the key part is what we need. It's not, it's not always going to be the answer that we need, but it's what we need in that moment, what he sees fit. And if you look back in verse 5, it says, God gives without finding fault. And that's, I think that's amazing. That's exactly what we see even in this story with John. That's exactly what Jesus did for John. He didn't judge John. He didn't rebuke him. He met him exactly where he was. He didn't say, hey, you know who I am. Why are you asking these questions? He met him exactly where he was, and he, and he didn't fault him for it. If you look back in chapter 11 of Matthew And in verse 4, it says, Jesus replied, go and report to John what you hear and see. So it's funny because we see here Jesus giving John or giving John's disciples to give to John um, an answer, but not really an answer. Right. Jesus could have said, yes, tell John I'm the Messiah. I'm coming. I'm about to turn things upside down. Like I'm about to bust him out of prison, all that. He could have said all that, but he just said, go tell him what you hear and see. And I think. We, we may not always get the direct answer that we want when we go to the source, but I think when we go to it, we're presented with the opportunity to grow in faith. I think Jesus giving the response that he did to John, I think was a sort of like an ultimate, like, where's your faith moment for John? I think that's a question I have for us today. Where's our faith? Are we at a spot where we can grow in our faith based on what we hear and see, not because we get the direct answer from God, but because of what he's presenting us with. I think Jesus' response to John is a call for him to step out on his faith and to grow. See at the end in verse six, it says, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And I think what Jesus is saying to John is, is you hear and you see what's going on. Don't get caught up in the fact that it's not happening the way you thought it would or you thought it should. Don't get caught up in that, but have faith. No, be still and know, you know, in that, in that same kind of context, be still and know. There was a quote that I, uh, that I came across and I wanted to, to share with you guys, um, referring to the, the verse I just read. It says, this was spoken to John, and it was spoken because John had only grasped half the truth. John preached the gospel of divine holiness with divine love. So Jesus says to John, maybe I'm not doing the things you expected me to do, but the powers of evil are being defeated, not by an, in, in, sorry, not by an irresistible power, but by unanswerable love. Sometimes a man can be offended at Jesus because Jesus cr- cuts across his idea of what religion should be. And isn't that us sometimes? Don't we get offended at, like, hey, God, isn't this supposed to be happening this way? Like, no, it's not how that works. But, but we do. We get so easily caught up in that. We get thrown off when things don't go certain ways. But I think Jesus calls for us to come to him with our doubts, with our questions, and to let him be, control, be in control. And that has to be so much greater than our taking offense at things not working out the way we thought they should. I want to do uh, kind of a little exercise. Um, 
me and Lewis, we did not plan this out, but you know, he, he mentioned during his communion, talked about, you know, if you have something going on, like share with people. And I want to take this time, kind of like we did last week even, just to kind of couple up, pair up in threes, whatever, and just take like eight to 10 minutes. And let's just talk about our doubts, talk about struggles, whatever we may be facing. And then I want to take time to just, you know, within that group, just pray. Pray through those things. I think that's so important. I think that, you know, we make others aware of what's going on. There's 50 people in this room right now, and most of you probably have doubts going on, and I have no idea what they are. But when we start to share those things out, we start to pray through those things, we bring people in. And I think that straight, helps strengthen our faith. So I want to just take eight, 10 minutes, just kind of pair up. You can do it with somebody you do know, somebody you don't know, whatever you feel comfortable with. And, um, and let's just do that.
take about another minute or so to kind of start wrapping up. All right, if you guys will start wrapping up, we'll get ready to close out here. Hopefully that was an encouraging time for you guys. Hopefully that was enlightening to kind of sit down with people and, 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 and kind of hear where they're at, kind of get to pray with each other a little bit. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. That was on my heart to just kind of take time to do that. So, yes. Um, so as we start to wrap up, I really just want to kind of leave you guys with some, some thoughts, some takeaways that really struck me and just were on my heart as I was kind of putting this together a little bit. Um, and the first being that doubt that inquires and doesn't weaken our faith is not, is not evil. It's not bad. In fact, it's okay to have doubts. And I think a lot of times in my own personal walk, I think like, oh, like, shouldn't be doubting that. <laughs> what would God think about that? But that's, that's, what, that's what happens. These things happen, and that's okay. It's okay to have those things as long as we are continuing to go to the source. Um, the next thing would just be to pray, pray, pray. Like I just said, we all have doubts, always. And, and, and I think one of the key things that sometimes we, that I tend to do is have these doubts and then just like try to figure out, okay, well, how do I, how do I find the solution? And I don't even stop to just pray. Just talk to God, like, hey, God, this is what I'm doubting right now. This is what I'm feeling right now. Just pray. Um, like I said, go to the source. Go, go to God about your doubts. Don't go to your favorite news channel. Don't go to your friends at work. Don't, don't go to the latest hashtag. Go to God with your doubts, with your concerns. Know that you're in good company. Um, it talks about, he said in... Uh, verse 11, Jesus said, truly I tell you, among those born of women has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Like John the Baptist, he said no one's greater than John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is having doubts. Like we're in good company. I think we're okay. So just know that. Know that you're not on some kind of isolated island like you're in good company. Um, be okay with the fact that your questions aren't always going to be answered the way you want them to. Be okay with that. I think about Kind of the, the verse, or the, yeah, the scripture in, what is it? I had it marked there, hold on. In Daniel 3, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they're talking to the king, and he says, um, he's talking about God and um, how he's able to deliver him from the situation. He said, but even if he does not, and I think about that with our doubts. Like, God, even if you don't give me the answer I'm looking for, or no answer at all, like, I still trust in you. This is still an opportunity for me to grow in my faith in you. So, um, with that being said, that's what I got today. I'll say a prayer, and um, I appreciate you guys today. <laughs>
Father God, thank you so much for today, God. Thank you for just the opportunity to be here with you, um, God, just to be here with family. God, we all have doubts. I have doubts. I woke up this morning with doubts, and, and those, you know, they, they come and go. But God, I pray that we um, today will really just choose, God, to come to you with our doubts, come to you with our questions, our concerns, God, our frustrations, whatever that may be. God, I pray that we can really um, learn to, to rely on you, God, that, that, that we can see uh, even just, God, the opportunities that you give us to grow in our faith and see them as such, God. I know sometimes we see it as like trials and tribulations. It's like, no, this is a time to grow and, 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 and to be closer to you. Father, I pray that um, you will be with those who can't be here today for whatever reasons. God, please continue to um, have your hand over them, God. Uh, give them what they need. Strengthen them in the ways needed, God. We love you so much. We thank you for all that you do for us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alex. We appreciate that. Today 